Survive and Thrive. This is a podcast that brings you stories and perspectives on how leaders and organizations can not only transform to survive, but thrive in change. I am your host and co-founder of Consinity, Jennifer Ayers. We're kicking off this podcast featuring 19 stories and perspectives on how COVID-19 has created an imperative for change and what leaders and organizations are doing to respond to that change. For today's episode, I have an industry leader who is at the intersection of AI, healthcare innovation, and quality of life initiatives. Dan Brown of Algorithmic Intuition, or AI2. Dan is a highly accomplished, goal-driven, seasoned entrepreneur with over 25 years' experience in building businesses from the ground up. Prior to AI2, Dan was the CEO of Sensors Platform, Inc., from 2010 until its acquisition by Audience in 2014. And before that, he was a technology partner at Arrowpath Ventures Partners for 10 years, where he led investments in the telecom and networking environments. Dan has a lot of rich experience running companies that he draws from, from his years of running engineering and marketing and business development across companies such as Centerpoint, Broadband, Mayan Networks, First World Communications, and British Telecom. I'm talking to Dan today about how COVID has accelerated the need to invest in technologies and solutions in the marketplace to make remote patient monitoring more accessible to families and care providers in order to enhance not only the quality of life for elderly or patients or individuals that need assisted care, but also for the safety of the care providers. In a recent article Dan published on this subject, COVID-19 drove major changes in how technology is used for healthcare, including remote patient monitoring. According to Stat News, the online medical journal, only 4% of patients used telehealth to access primary care physicians prior to the pandemic, skyrocketing to 69% following the pandemic. This rapid embrace of telemedicine by the healthcare community and its patients has yielded valuable learnings that will inevitably accelerate the adoption of such technology by a decade, maybe even more. I will let Dan introduce himself and what AI2 is all about. I've been in the startup world since 1994, based here in San Jose, California, but I've had experience in building seed looks from the ground up and IPOing them to uh, telecommunication companies where I've held several positions such as VP of marketing, VP of business development. When the telecom crash happened, I went to the other side of the table, to the VC side. Was there 10 plus years where I led uh, five investments and was on the board of directors. One of those investments uh, was SPI. I took over as CEO of SPI in 2011 and uh, sold that company in 2014. So I had some time off where I had uh, not able to work in uh, AI or sensors. So we thought about what's next. So myself and some of the former team members of SPI got together and formed Algorithmic Intuition or AI2. And that is where we're at today. AI2 was formed uh, to create 
ubiquitous open uh, AI platform where multiple sensors, the data could come into our software platform. All that data would be processed through our neural nets, giving the end result of a single sensor. At SPI, we did sensor fusion, then went into context awareness. So we took that capability and our experience in AI and machine learning to focus on attacking an open architected neural net to go out and address the elderly care market. So right now, AI2 provides an elderly care monitoring system that combines machine learning and artificial intelligence software. Combine that with specialized sensors for activity, uh, heart rate, uh, respiratory, heart rate variability. This platform then rolls out and delivers end results for things such as fall detection, fevers, uh, heart rate issues, uh, location monitoring, and gives a family and caregivers 24-7 visibility to the individuals that are wearing our device. Wow, that's a lot of information to digest, and we're going to get into it a bit later. But first, let's take it back to a time where none of us had ever heard the word coronavirus. Several years ago, Dan identifies a growing issue. The aging population is the one of the fastest growing populations, uh, not only in the U.S., but worldwide. People are living longer, meaning that uh, you have this growing population that needs care. Some can afford assisted living facilities, but predominantly you live longer by living at home or staying at home. So we needed to create and take advantage of technology that allows these individuals living at home to rest assured that they are being monitored 24-7. If something does arise, a problem does arise, that uh, the proper people are being notified and can get, uh, get there and get them help. With the pandemic, almost everybody has suffered in some way, whether that's physically, financially, or emotionally. But I think there's no denying that one of the groups most affected has been the elderly. During spikes in cases last year and again after the holidays, we know that the retirement communities and nursing homes are particularly vulnerable. Many of us haven't seen our parents or grandparents in almost a year. And while the vaccine is now starting to roll out, I feel that there's a collective fear that our older relatives might not get it in time, even if our parents or grandparents have managed to avoid the virus There are other concerns that crop up when they have to live alone, with no one able to check on them. The isolation can be just as deadly. With the pandemic, the need to invest in remote patient monitoring technologies has never been really more necessary. In an interview Consinity conducted with Dan last year, which you can find on our Consinity website in the Perspectives section, He explains why now more than ever we need to invest in remote patient monitoring. I asked him to expand on what he covered in that article about this growing need. A lot of times uh, people viewed that technology and that solution as a nice to have. People felt comfortable that uh, their people were or their clients, mothers, fathers uh, were being monitored. But now with the pandemic, you know, home care agencies suffered a great deal as they were not allowed to have home access to these uh, to their clients. Assisted living facilities had to go into shutdown and family members could not come and visit. 
So with the pandemic, people look at the technology and technology solutions as a must-have and not a nice-to-have. With AI2's technology, however, staying socially distant doesn't mean staying in the dark. Dan explains to me how the technology works. Our clients wear uh, the device on the core of their body, again with these uh, specialized sensors for heart rate or activity or temperature. That information is being collected on uh, a continuous basis, uh, is transmitted through a Bluetooth to Wi-Fi hub, and then is sent out via Wi-Fi to our AWS cloud. Our analytics are running there, our neural nets are running there, and then the data and the display of that data goes back to either a dashboard if you're a facility provider or to an app, mobile app for the family members. So at any time, a click of a button, you get the real-time information from these clients, and then on a 6 a.m. every morning, reports are generated, sent to these family members or facility providers with the last 24-hour comparison of data, uh, and we compare that to you know, a five-day rolling window or a 21-day rolling window so that uh, as you compare the information that you're receiving, you can start to identify changes in one's health. This consumer-friendly system monitors day-to-day health and wellness of seniors and identifies specific risks that can be curtailed with early intervention, including fall detection and early infection risks heart rate, SpO2, and location monitoring. Being able to continuously monitor vitals such as blood pressure, heart rate, and SpO2 and body temperature are all indicators that can identify early symptoms of COVID-19. Not only does this enable immediate intervention in the case of the infection onset, it also provides peace of mind for family members to monitor loved ones from a distance. AI2 also offers a unique open software architecture that is flexible and device agnostic, allowing data collection from other sources into a single output, which really provides for a lot of opportunity to expand in this area. AI2's B2B customers usually include assisted living facilities and skilled nursing facilities and B2C is focused on home care agencies and telemedicine and insurance providers. AI2 also can license its technology to telemedicine, insurance, and medical device companies using its software platform to create market-leading hardware offerings to further expand solutions into the marketplace. What's great about this is faculty care teams can monitor vitals, falls, and activity levels remotely eliminating the need for direct contact with a client, ensuring these clients are maintaining a healthy daily routine and an overall health score on their mobile app while allowing their family to rest assured that their loved ones are doing well in spite of pandemic-imposed restricted visits. Family members can have access to the results at any time. With just a click of a button, you can view the data of the past 24 hours and up until the last five minutes. So AI2's technology is doing a great job of collecting data, but how does this affect patients? If someone is living alone, the benefits seem endless. Dan shares a few stories. In a facility case, they had an individual that was complaining of a fever, but every time they checked, uh, there was no fever. The fever really only occurred when she was lying down and 
at rest. So typically at night, she would start to run hot. So they utilized uh, our patch. She put it on her. And sure enough, we were able to capture that this fever was going on uh, when she was sleeping. So they sent that information to uh, her physician. They looked at the data and they were able to treat her for an infection while she remained there instead of being uh, sent to the emergency room. Other cases are in the home care space. They had an individual that fell. There would have been nobody uh, notified if they weren't wearing our device. That same patient uh, had hurt herself, so they got her the proper medical attention. But she was having a negative reaction to some of the pills she was on, particularly the, the pain pills. So it was causing her heart to race, which then she couldn't sleep. So all of that data you know, was received by the family, uh, and they were able to get her different medication for, for her pain. So falls have been important both in facilities as well as at home. In a facility case, an individual had slid out of bed. Bed checks weren't scheduled till 4.30 in the morning. It was 1.30 in the morning, and uh, the nurse's station got an alert that she'd fallen. They went in. Sure enough, she was on the floor. So that saved, you know, three hours of her laying on the floor. But the other key is we can give them the accelerometer data, and what that'll do is give them an indication of the severity of the impact from the fall. In this case, there was very little impact that she had slidden out of bed. That gave them peace of mind that they didn't have to take her in for x-rays and look for uh, additional medical conditions. So she was safe to to go back into bed and uh, avoid having to go to the hospital. Wow. What a powerful way to stay connected to our loved ones, especially during this time of pandemic when it is difficult for even family members to get in and see their loved ones. What I think is most important to note is the technology can help any individual living alone or in a facility. As Dan described, it can act as a tool that the facility can use to gauge how serious a condition is or even pick up on a problem that the staff hasn't even yet detected before it becomes a bigger issue. At the end of the day, this technology is about helping the patient well, we believe it improves patient experience in three ways. These individuals can rest assured, give them a peace of mind and the family peace of mind that if something happens, the appropriate people will be notified and help will be on its way. The second impact that we believe we'll have is more appropriate uh, information can be sent to the decision makers for a more informed intervention. That's what the data is going to provide is at a fingertip you have the last day, five days, 21 days, months uh, of data. When an event happens, you have the history, you know what led up to it. So they have more informed data to make their decisions. And then overall, the individuals that are wearing this device, it's very discreet for them. Uh, Nobody knows that they're wearing it. It's not a pendant or something else uh, on their wrist. So individuals wearing it know that it's very discreet and nobody's aware of it. Now that this technology has become more of a necessity during COVID as opposed to a nice thing to have, the acceptance barrier for the monitoring has been lowered. More people not only need this aid, but understand that they should have it. However, there are other problems that arise that keep this from reaching the larger marketplace. It's also important to fit into the existing systems. 
the one issue when you go in with technology is the environment is is self-sustained. They have their routine and the nurses are already overloaded or the caregivers are already overloaded. Technology a lot of times meant that they had to change their, their way of operations and in most cases put additional duties. Oftentimes, nursing facilities can be overwhelmed with the amount of work that needs to get done for each individual patient. As Dan says, change means work, and some places may hesitate to take on different systems. However, AI2's technology is accommodating this issue as well. What we learned through this is to streamline our solution so that it's very easy to to administer, very easy to put on, very easy to set up. And so there's really no additional responsibilities once this device is up and running. Another factor that has allowed for the acceleration of this technology are recent changes to insurance policies and reimbursements. Dan explains. The other part I would add would be that accelerated this, there were new codes added for insurance reimbursement back in 2019. In early 2020, they had already adjusted those. Reimbursement now is something that is really allowing the overall technology to be accelerated. Medicare, Medicaid have new billing codes that if you have a device that's providing 24-7 monitoring capability and offering predictive capability for alerts and for avoidance of situations, you can get reimbursed and those reimbursement codes will allow the the family to, to share the burden of the cost as well as the overall client uh, experience. So really what I'm hearing is a very simple, easy solution, easy to have the patient or the individual wear, easy for the care providers to go and receive or retrieve information, and really a cost-effective solution to provide that level of comfort and, and assurance that they're the one they care about is is got the right response if something were to occur. While Dan and I spoke, my mind kept thinking of the endless possibilities that solutions like AI2s could do for people in the future. This is a tool that can literally save someone's life and save many lives for those who use it. It also can bring peace of mind to loved ones. So thinking about the future, remote patient monitoring systems will continue, I believe, to see greater investments. With the acceleration of technology in general home care operations, it's long overdue for remote patient monitoring solutions to be extended into the in-home care space to create more flexibility and freedom for seniors or any individual requiring any assistance. To be able to stay at home and have these technologies is fascinating. Traditional models for managed care have been upended by the pandemic, requiring the industry to invest in better services for their communities, including the integration of these remote patient monitoring technologies. Katie Potter, CEO of Five Star Living, a top senior living services provider, insists that these are changes that need to stick because, quote, this generation is living much longer and they need better support to empower their lifestyle, end quote. The market is now ready for these solutions, 
and the industry is taking notice as major investments are flooding into companies offering these solutions. For example, it's not that long ago that Livongo, a digital health company, was just acquired by a Teladoc for $18 billion. Now, I wonder how these technologies will evolve to improve our lives more broadly and really help us all survive and thrive. Capturing their, their activities and vitals and all of that uh, is one thing. But, you know, I see this evolving to where, and there are organizations already talking about this, where you would have uh, a hospital at home to where you can have a skilled nurse come in and treat individuals at home through IV monitors that can be added into our solution, glucose monitoring that can be added into our solution. That would free up additional hospital beds and allow people to remain at their home because they're not really sick enough to be in the hospital, but in order to get a lot of this monitoring capability and Simple IV solutions are a reason why a lot of these folks end up hospitalized. A lot of that now uh, with this technology and with the monitoring capability, you can add a IV monitor into our solution very easily, and that can be remotely administered as well. The overall technology is going to evolve, not just in the home care, not just in the living facilities, but even taking, you know, acute care capabilities that are offered in the home rather than in the hospital. A good example of that is with COVID now, look at the explosion of telemedicine companies that are out there. Prior to COVID, you know, very few people were getting telemedicine sessions scheduled. With COVID, that has increased by factors of hundreds of times. So now these tele telemedicine folks with the reimbursement codes and with technology like ours can provide almost hospital level care while the individual remains at home. Wow. That's awesome. And I I think you point this out in the article that you published that it took a pandemic really to create a greater sensitivity and focus on advancing telemedicine just to be able to enhance these quality of life initiatives like like what AI2 brings to the marketplace. So I'm thrilled that you're out there and, and you're bringing these solutions to people, frankly. Yes. Well, thank you. It shows that uh, four years ago when you had an idea, we definitely were not anticipating a pandemic, but we knew that we were going to have an impact on the market uh, nonetheless. And I wish we didn't have the pandemic, but uh, I think it has shown the market exactly where technology is going and how technology can be utilized for better care remotely without having to have direct contact with the individuals. Great point. Great point. In looking to incorporate their technology into more nursing facilities, AI2 explains that we need to make sure the transition would be easy, if not almost effortless, for the facilities. It goes back to uh, the operation of these facilities. So many of these facilities have back office uh, software that's controlling you know, the scheduling, the medication, um, when each individual gets it. And that's really what the care staff is utilizing on a daily basis. So what we learned right away is you have to integrate with that. Uh, you can have the greatest technology in the world, as I said, and if you change their their daily uh, routine, it becomes very difficult for them to accept new technology. As we're going forward with these facilities, they tell us who they're utilizing uh, for their software 
operating back end, if you will. So we integrate with those individuals so that when a patch needs to be charged, so we last uh, five days on a charge, but we recommend they move it around every four uh, so that there's not problems with the adhesive in the skin. That can all be put into the back office software. So when a nurse comes in, oh, I have to give Mrs. Smith uh, the medication today. You know, at the same time, she can recharge her patch, move it to a different location on the core of the body. And that's literally all she has to do. And it can be tied into any routine that they're administering on a daily basis anyway. In wrapping up our discussion, Dan makes one last great point. With this technology, now we have a way to monitor the most vulnerable without compromising their dignity. Now is the time that uh, both, uh, whether it be acute care, post-acute care, or assisted living or home care, now is the time for them all to look at how technology can have an impact and provide better care, a better quality of care for their clients. Great. Well said. Well said. If you'd like to get in contact with Dan, here's how. On our website, Algorithmic Intuition, we have a contact button there that will provide a phone number or you can enter a message or request more information. And that's really, we are not out there on all the social media yet, uh, but we will be increasing that capability here in the near future as we are now commercializing a solution. So The best way right now to get more information or to contact us directly is to go into algorithmic intuition and request info. Awesome. Thank you, everyone, for listening this week and joining our episode of Survive and Thrive. Remember, at Consinity, we empower the conscious leader to realize positive and sustainable change. Until next time, survive and thrive. Take care.